0: Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Ed Silberstein. Ed is the founder of LES Collections, and I'm very excited to have him on the show here today. Welcome, Ed.
1: Good afternoon to you too, Ellen.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited that you're here. And I guess we might as well jump in and just start talking about your business, because I think this is fascinating. You had never owned your own business before. You'd uh, served as the director of several Jewish community centers, and you often found yourself doing collections. Now, that doesn't sound like it would be a very fun part of the job.
1: Yeah, well, it became part of the job because, when I And it started all the way back in 1975, in fact, in Binghamton, New York, where I was the executive director of a JCC. And nobody else felt comfortable with doing and following up when people owed money. So even though I was the executive and it was not part of my job description, uh, I took it on. And I did a really good job and I enjoyed it. And then I continued in another Jewish community center and I continued to do it. And then when I left the JCC, um, I was working for several environmental companies. They asked me to do the same thing. So gradually, just because I did it and did it and did it and had a lot of success, I developed a lot of expertise. And in the, uh, in, in the year 2000, I was asked to be a consultant and do this for a local environmental company, a fairly large one. And I've been with them for 19 years. And two years ago, uh, with the encouragement of my wife and my daughters, I said, Dad, you're so good at this. Why don't you just open up your own business? So I did. And my business is called LES LLC Collections, uh, located in Freehold, New Jersey. What I practice is something called Compassionate Collections. Uh, And by that, I mean, I try to be very understanding and empathetic of everybody who I work with, whether it's my client who I'm collecting for or the people I'm collecting from. Because many times the people I'm collecting from have have some substantial concerns and issues. It's just not just a desire not to pay the bill. It's They just can't. They're in a financial bind. There may be some health issues. And I try to be, as, since I have a social work background, I try to be as understanding as I can while at the same time doing my job and collecting their monies but I treat people with a lot of respect and dignity and I am always open to payment plans or working out some sort of compromises and I find that people really appreciate that.
0: Yeah that I, actually uh you rolled right into my next question I was going to ask you what makes someone good at collections because you're right. You know, you're dealing with people that are in a lot of pain a lot of times. they—they. They, it's not that they don't want to pay, they can't pay. And you're the last person they want to hear from. Yeah, so yeah. Um, this approach of compassionate collections is really interesting to me. Is that, um, is that common in your field?
1: No, very. Uh, it, it certainly isn't. If, if you were to talk to people about what are collection people like, I am sure that you would get a vastly different interpretation by many uh, people, because uh, people get calls from collection people. They're very short. They're very abrupt. Uh, and they're very demanding. Uh, they rarely take a, a view of concern and say, well, how, what can we do for you? And how can we work this out? And I always look to work things out in a way that minimizes the pain uh, for the person I'm collecting from uh, now no, that, that's not easy and as you said I'm still a collections person so I'm not saying people jump up and down with joy when I call them but but uh, but the fact is that they uh, we, I'm able in many cases to work it out I've got people all over the place on on payment plans uh, and they all appreciate that and my client has to understand listen if you don't let them go on a payment plan you may not get anything at all and because of the payment plan, it, it works because they'd rather if they owe you a thousand dollars, they'd rather work it out and pay it out over three months, six months, maybe even as many as ten, and and you're going to get your money. I said, no, you got to pay the thousand dollars you owe it now. We have to get it paid now. You wouldn't see a nickel. So. You know, you want to be really demanding. It doesn't always work, and and I think I'm atypical of collection people.
0: Do you have any? So this approach it reminds me of uh, best practices for negotiation, where you really come to a win-win scenario. You know, it's not that somebody loses and somebody wins. Even the person you're getting money from wins because they get to get rid of the debt. So that's awesome. Uh, Is there? Is there like a a success story you could share with us of something that you've, um, you know, maybe you've had a really tough case given to you and you've managed to, um, you know, find find a good solution?
1: I've had a few. I mean, I've had a lot of success stories and a lot of them certainly did involve working out payment plans and talking to the people and I've got... If I look at my list right now of all the collections I'm doing, I've got so many on collection, on payment plans, it's unbelievable. But I've, if you want some success stories, I'll give you a couple. One is uh, that I was working for a, a local uh, New Jersey company, and they had somebody that owed them money out in uh, around the Omaha, Nebraska location. Now, I'm not exactly a, uh, very close to Omaha, Nebraska, but I called. And the guy was so upset and so angry at this company. He not only didn't want to pay his bill, he wanted to sue them. because oh he, didn't feel, he didn't feel like he had gotten the service that he was promised. So we talked, and then I, I talked with them, and then I went back and talked with him. And uh, the amount that was owed was approximately $4,000. And he really took a lot of, you know, umbrage and, and, and wouldn't pay it. I said, listen, you do owe the money. I understand how you feel that maybe they didn't treat you right and all of that. But but let's be honest. You do all the money. we got to work it out. And so over a period of time, I did whatever way I did, because I'm not even sure how it all happened. I got him to pay the whole bill. And do you know that afterwards when he paid it all, first of all, my client was absolutely delighted beyond words. But he said to me, I want to tell you something. If it wasn't for the way you treated me, I wouldn't have paid them a nickel. I only paid them because of you. Oh, now, wow. how nice is it to hear something like that? So that was great. And then I had another very interesting one, where more local in Freehold, where somebody owed about five thousand dollars, and they had a, and they were located in Newark, New Jersey, and they had just didn't respond. They they wouldn't even answer a phone call from from my client, and I called them and. I, it was a little difficult to locate him, but I finally did. They were in Newark, New Jersey. And um, we, we spoke. And then I spoke again. And then he promised he was going to send, and he didn't. So I, he has a restaurant. So I went up to the restaurant to visit him. And he was, of course, shocked to see me. Uh, but he happened to be standing right in the door of the restaurant as I came in. And I told him who I was looking for. Him. He said, oh, that's me. I said, well, that's great. And I introduced myself, gave him my business card. And we uh, sat down and talked about it. He said he was going to send the check within two weeks. And I would I like to be his guest for lunch at the restaurant, which was extremely wow. nice of him. And he treated me to a lunch, Ellen. You would not believe what this guy did. It was like a meal for a king. I swear to God, it was so good. And I, he couldn't stop serving me. He had this one come over and that one come over. I finally said, well, Listen, I can't eat anymore. Please. <laughs> Thank you very much. You've been very generous. I really appreciate it. And he said, "Oh, you come back with your wife, and and we'll 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 see you again." I said, "I'd be delighted. I might wait till the spring, but I I, I would be delighted." And then, of course, when the check was due, it didn't come. But about two weeks later, it arrived, payment in full, close to four to close to five thousand dollars. Wow! And uh I mean, how exciting was that? So so those are some of the more interesting collections I've had. I mean, I, they're all interesting in their, own, in their own way, but those two were just really different, and, uh, and they were great success stories. They both turned out to be extremely successful.
0: I mean, that says a lot about you and your, um, you know, your personality and the way you treat people, for sure.
1: I agree. I'm very outgoing. I'm also, I also have great empathy and great understanding of people.
0: And
1: I have a way of connecting with people. Uh, Sometimes I'll tell a little joke. For instance, if it's a really old invoice, I will tell them, you know, that your invoice was featured on the Antiques Roadshow last week. <laughs> and they, and they love funny. that. And uh-huh. they let, now Some people don't have a sense of humor, but, but some that do, they think that's hilarious. Or when an invoice reaches one year, I suggest they come to my office and we'll have a birthday party for the invoice. Oh. And they, they think it's absolutely hilarious. And so, if that's the way I break the ice, if that works, it works. As I said, some people have no sense of humor, so that even the attempted at humor is, uh, falls flat. But the bottom line is that I'm that I, I'm successful uh, to to a good extent. Now, do I have guys who don't pay? Are there people who are such dishonest individuals that, 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 that nothing pay, nothing gets them to pay? Not even if I have to mention that we would take them to court and they might get a judgment. Even that doesn't speak to them because they don't care. So it's not a hundred percent success rate by any means. But but I get my I get my fair share. My people are very happy with me. And just 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 today, just today, I, I did a collection for a lady. Uh, somebody ordered eighteen hundred dollars in Canada, and he would not even respond to it. I wrote him an email. He, I don't even know that how he responded to me within five seconds of receiving that email. And I told him who I was and what I was doing. And he said, be, I said, give me a week. I'll call you. We'll get this squared away. I want to take care of it. Uh, I didn't say to him, you know, and why didn't you call her? back?" I mean, I didn't get into any recriminations. I, I thanked him very much. I told him how appreciative I am of his uh, speedy response. And then I notified her. Now this lady was a client, not a client of mine. She was someone I collected from about six months ago, uh, regarding to some of the activities for her child that she didn't pay the fees for. And uh, I, I met, and I didn't meet with her, but I talked to her. I got her to pay her fees. She called upon me, and she sent me an email today that she said she has never been so happy in her whole life. She is so. She said, "I am thankful I met you." And she mentioned, of course, the person who I was collecting for. I said, so I said. She said, "Thank God I met you. You did such a terrific job. I'm so appreciative. I haven't gotten the money yet, but I I feel reasonably certain that this uh, gentleman will come through. But there's there's a thank you from someone that at one time I collected from.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, you don't get many of those. Believe me, you don't get many of those. I've had that on occasion, very very rarely. I don't want to make it seem like that's a common situation, but but every once in a while, because I because I'm so nice to people, and one guy said to me, he said, "Listen, I'm extremely difficult to collect from. I really don't pay my bills." He said, "But I paid you. If I if you could collect from me, he says, I'm going to hire you to collect.
0: <laughs> Anybody <laughs> who can get
1: money from me has got to be terrific." <laughs> oh, that's
0: funny. That's,
1: that is a funny story. That is Fun a
0: great story. story. Well, what about so? You, so you kind of knew you had some skills in this area because you've been doing it in your jobs for many years. But um, when your wife and your your kids started talking about you starting a business, what was your first reaction? Because you know, running your own business is very different from being employed by somebody yeah, else. My first
1: reaction was forget about it. I'm 70 years old. I'm very happy with what I'm doing for what this one environmental company. I know I'm very good, you're absolutely right, but I don't even know what it takes to get started. And I was very concerned about the marketing aspect of it. I wasn't concerned that I couldn't do the collections. But, you know, you have to get out there, and people have to get to know you, and maybe some of it's word of mouth, but and, and, your, and your business does grow because of word of mouth, and you, I did develop a website, but I didn't know anything about a website. I mean, the website was as far to me as... Uh, Speaking Japanese, I mean it just it, it, and my daughter thank the Lord was very helpful. She got the website done for me, and then uh I got the word out you be at the website I'd be uh doing some starting and uh, getting a, a person here and a person there. but the first two years of my business it was, they were it was really very slow i mean but but uh, all of a sudden in the third year, it just took off i I can't even explain why. But it really took off, and now I am so busy. Uh, And one other thing I should point out is I specialize in small businesses. I'm a small business. I know how hard it is to to survive as a small business. So 95% of the clients that I have are small businesses. That doesn't mean I wouldn't work for a large business. And it doesn't mean I work, I work for private people, too, or it's not a business. There's no business involved. You
0: had, um, so you work with small business, and you said when you were getting started, it was very slow. You shared with me your numbers uh, when we talked previously, and you certainly couldn't have survived on the numbers, you know, the first couple of years. So tough. did you ever doubt the decision to go into business for yourself? Did you ever think this is just too much trouble?
1: Well, I didn't know how much I would struggle, but you know what? I loved doing this so much that I was determined that I was going to succeed and I wouldn't give it up. And even though the first two years were certainly difficult, uh, I still enjoyed it. Whatever I did, I enjoyed. And I still had this other consulting job for this large environmental company, which you know helped pay the bills. So I was able to kind of move along. With, with very little income. And then, as I said, it sort of exploded. And this year has started on a very positive note also. So it just it just grew. You know, I don't even know what to, all what to attribute it to, other than the fact that I have a very good reputation. I work very hard for my clients. I, I not only phone people, email people, write people. If it's a local person, I will go as far as to give them a personal visit. Now that's not always been met, met with a lot of joy either, but I again, when I knock on their door or, or come to their business, I say I introduce myself, I give them my business card, I tell them why I'm there. I have had people slam their doors in my face, but most people stand and listen. They, they actually at least listen and give me the opportunity to to present my uh, my case, so to speak. And. I've worked it out again with payment plans, again with payment arrangements, whatever I had to do. But it has largely been greeted with more understanding and acceptance than I even would have thought. Uh, because I thought people were really, know oh, what are you doing here? You know, and, and there are a couple of people who had that kind of attitude, but but they were few and far between. So now I don't go doing personal visits all over the place. I did do one exception, because the person who I was working for had a a debt of $30,000 involved, and he just was beside himself. And that business is located about an hour and three quarters from where I am. And I actually drove down to that business and sat down at that business's office, and I was told by the person who was in the front of the office, He's the man who's in charge. Is not going to see you. He hates collection people. That's what he said. He hates collection people, and he will not see you. Nothing to do with you personally. He just, and I'm telling you, if he didn't tell me he hated collection people once, he told me 10 times. And I said, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. And I sat down in this open area. I sat for two and a half hours. Oh, my gosh. And he came out and he met me. And he said, he told me he hated me <laughs> and he said, but we talked. And I explained to him, I said, listen, the business you're dealing with is a small business. $30,000 is a gigantic sum for them. And, and we need to work something out. No, I, I, well, you know, he kept on, you know, I said, just think about it. You know, so I left there and not, not having any real good feelings about it. Two weeks later, my client got a check for $10,000. Wow. Two, weeks, two weeks Two weeks after that, he got a check for another $10,000. And right now, we are waiting for the final check that's about $11,000. Wow, so despite amazing. all his protestations and his deeply felt feelings about collection people, he, in fact, worked with me and did, uh, has already paid two-thirds of the bill. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, It was amazing. I have to tell you, because I was not treated terribly well. And if it wasn't for my, it wasn't for my persistence, that I said, I'm not leaving, I just sat down there, I don't know what would happen.
0: Yeah. So, so obviously, you aren't very good at your job. Um, besides stories like these, is there anything about owning your own business that has kind of surprised you?
1: Just how deeply I connect with people at times. I mean, you, you think collection people, they don't like you, and uh, they're not really even want to talk to you. And yet I've gotten to know people. I've even gotten to know their families because sometimes they couldn't pay the bill and they had the mother paying the bill or this and that. So I, I've been surprised by that. I really have been. But I would say fairly pleasantly surprised. But there's really, a, you make much more of a deep emotional connection than you think.
0: Yeah, interesting. What, what do you dislike most about running your business?
1: What do I dislike? Yeah. I dislike when people blow me off and pay no attention to me and treat me very shabbily. And the other thing that I hate, or I shouldn't say hate, but certainly dislike is when people tell me they're going to send a check and they don't send it. Um, And then I'm calling them and they still don't send it. And then I'm calling them and writing to them and they still don't send it. And then finally they will, or sometimes they just outrightly lie to me and they never send it. And it's not a pleasant thing, but, but I'm used to those frustrations. I mean, I... You know that's part of the part of the collections process. Not everybody's going to love to hear from you, and not everybody's going to rush to respond to you. And uh, it, it, it's really nice, you know. You, so you say something. All right, you can't win everyone. My collection rate is probably 70 to 80 percent. That that is extremely high in this business. Uh, 50 is considered pretty good.
0: Wow. That' That's amazing, and like as you're talking, it's reminding me of that old adage that people like to do business with people, like no matter if they're hiring a collections guy or a doctor or right. a lawyer, you know it's it's that personal connection, and it sounds sure. like when you get in as you as a person, then you know the the role that you're playing kind of falls away and you're just dealing person yeah. to Yeah,
1: I mean, you, you have to, it's, oh, it's tough to battle through that, but if you get that far, I do, I do, I do relatively well. The problem is sometimes you can't even find the person, they disappear, they hide, so you can't even get a hold of them. And then, as I said, you got some clients that are so bad, no matter what you do and how you reach out, they're, they're going to lie to you they're not going to show up They they're, they're, they're just bad, bad, you know, I hate to label anybody as bad, but they're just, Dishonest people, and they just don't pay their bills. They don't pay anybody. And uh, and whether you call them, don't call them, go see them, don't see them, write them, email them, they just don't care. They will not respond because they're just dishonest.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right? If I I can add, uh, before we close, if I can add, um, again, to repeat, just the name of my business is L period, E period, S period. LLC Collections. We're located in Freehold, New Jersey. The best way to reach me if you wanna if you're interested in my services is to call my business number, 732-217-1617. I'm available at that number basically at least five days a week, uh, Monday through Friday from about 830 till five. And then I also will take calls business calls on my cell phone. So if you have an issue or a problem or something you want to discuss with me after, quote unquote, you know, customary business hours, you can reach me at 732-995-7046. That is a business slash personal cell phone. But I I just got people who call me at 8 o'clock at night, and they wanted to, you know. Also, the other thing is reaching me via my website, which is lescollects.com. There's a form that's part of that website that you can contact me uh, via, via an email connection and tell me what you're looking for and how many people you have that you're trying to service and collect from. And I will take that, and I will respond within 24 hours. I will get back to you.
0: That's awesome, and I I can put all that information on my website too, so people can find it easily. Um, but I do have a couple more questions for you.
1: Sure, go ahead, Renee. Right if ahead.
0: that's okay. You know, you just so so you just gave a little promotion for your business, and it makes me think. Well, as a business owner, you are you know having to do your own sales. You're having to do your own bookkeeping or you have to juggle lots of different things. Uh, do you find that challenging or did you come up with a strategy to kind of manage all of that? Do you have people to help you?
1: I do it on my own. Oh, wow. Now, listen, that may not last much longer because if I get enough other work, I, I, I just can't. I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, you physically, you know, it becomes impossible. Right now, I do the bookkeeping. I keep all the records. I make all the contacts. I, I, I do all the bank deposits. Uh, I pay all the bills. Uh, now, no, I'm not trying to make these things out to be like, you know, they they, they each take six hours. They don't. I mean, going to a bank to deposit a check is not exactly the most time-consuming thing in the world, Or writing a check or keeping your records straight. But, uh, but when you add this to this and this to this and this to this, it, it becomes, it fills a day. I mean, there's no question. Every day is busy. I have to write to people. I haven't, as I said. I try to find time in in my busy schedule to go visit. And one of the things I do is, which, you know, many, many people wouldn't, I make my visits over the weekend because sometimes it's very hard to reach people during the week. And uh, they're off to work, they're here, they're there. And if I'm collecting from private individuals, I find the best thing is to collect on a Saturday or Sunday. Uh, So so I'm willing to, to go above and beyond. If I have to work seven days a week, I'd work seven days a week. And that's not usual. I don't want to make it seem like I'm 24-7 around the clock doing this. I do have a life.
0: But when you own the business, yeah, the buck stops with you. You've got to make sure things get done. You know, that definitely is a reality of owning a business. So what about people who may be thinking about starting a business, you know, even maybe later in life? You know, one of the things I like about your story is that you hadn't really had your own business before and and you, you jumped right in and did it at age 70, which is really cool. So I'm wondering what advice you might have for other people who are considering that and even what advantages you may have had at that age with all that experience behind you. Let
1: me say this. Now that I've done it, you know what my only regret about this business is? that I didn't start it years earlier. Oh, Really? If somebody said to me, "What was the one thing that uh, you know you regret or anything else?" I I say to them, "If I could do things differently, I would have, I would have started this five. I don't even know what the time would have been, but I could have started this years ago. If you're motivated and you want to do it and you're certainly up to it physically and mentally and everything else, I strongly encourage anyone to go out there and begin uh, the, the the effort." It's something, you know, that, that if you're interested in, you're interested in what you're doing, it really, I think it makes your life fuller, and, and it's terrific. And uh, there are a number of organizations out there. Uh, I, I dealt with an organization called SCORE, which is for senior citizens, and it helps them in dealing with issues like this. And they, and they, and it's volunteer. And, they, and they, they spent a lot of time with me around the things that I was most concerned about, which was marketing. When I went in there, I said, listen, I know how to do the collection shop. I'm not asking you to, to help me with that. I know, I think, the basics of, of running a business. I, I ran several Jewish community centers, which were certainly businesses. So uh, I'm capable of all those things. But I never really had to go out and market myself. And that, to me, was by far the biggest challenge in this whole job was the marketing aspect. And I'm learning, I'm still learning about that every day. Uh, I'm still learning more and more how to reach out to people. I've had some success, but I, I probably could do even more. Uh, I'm trying to get myself on different websites, and on uh, different, you know, things like Manta and Yelp and everything. There's so many places you could get your name out, and I have only begun to do that more recently. I didn't even do a lot of that in my first two years in business, simply from a lack of knowledge about all these things. Uh, but I, I have to give my daughter a tremendous amount of credit. I mean, both of my daughters. The other one lives in Australia, so she's not a a a, a help on a regular basis. But Adina, uh, you know, who's in Philadelphia, is just tremendous. I can't I can't even tell you all the things she's done. Not the least of which is how many people she has personally recommended me to, who have begun to use me.
0: Oh, that's that's wonderful. And you know, like what you just said with going to SCORE, and I, I just want to clarify that SCORE is made up of retired business people, but that is correct. Their services are for anybody. Not, it kind of sounded like they were just for um, senior citizens, but they're not. You know, they're they're for anybody.
1: The people I dealt with and talked to who who've utilized SCORE, they all have been senior citizens.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I know SCORE is nationwide, and they're a great resource. But what I loved about what you just said is that you are pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, learning about things you might not necessarily be familiar with, like marketing, and uh, reaching out and getting help to find out, you know, to figure them out. And I think that's really awesome.
1: And also, one of the areas that I've done a lot of learning is, is the court system. Uh, I don't try to utilize the courts because I want to just do it on my own and I want to work it out. and I don't want to bring a person to court again, not a pleasant experience and very time consuming both for the for my client as well as the person I'm trying to collect from. But since a lot of my uh, collections are smaller debts under the New Jersey $3,000 limit, it does involve a small claims uh, experience, which does not necessitate... Having an attorney represent you. So I go with all my clients who have to go to court. I go with all of them. So some of them have never been into court, and others just feel more comfortable having someone with them. So I go with them to court, and I sit there in the courtroom, and we either have mediation or whatever we need to do, or we fill out some additional paperwork. So they, because if the person doesn't show up, you get a judgment. And of course, uh, what, what I try to explain to the people I'm collecting from them is that a judgment can be very 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 problematic for you down the road with your credit record so that uh, I, I always when I when I bring up the word small claims and, and and if I have to bring up the word judgment I tell people listen I really want to avoid this I don't want to get a judgment against you you certainly don't want to have a judgment against you so let's so I use that in a way to help them move forward in trying to work out the matter, short of going to court. But unfortunately for some, there's just no other way. There just isn't any other way. And so we go to court. That has been a new experience to me as well. Now, since I've been going to court so much, it's not so much a new experience anymore. But when I first started doing it, I learned a lot about the court procedures. And uh, I got to a point where I had a small claims court case and the, uh, my client was represented by an attorney. It's very unusual because it's expensive. And, the, and, the, and you're not talking about so much money. I think it was $2,000 in this particular case. And my client didn't even come. For whatever reason, they didn't even show up. So I, was, I represented the client, solely represented the client. And I made the case for why they owed the money and made an explanation to the judge, for, you know gave him some paperwork and this and that. When it was all over, the judge ruled in my favor. As we were leaving the courtroom, the attorney for the other, uh, for, 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 for the, the defendant, uh, as we were walking out the court, he said, listen, you're terrific. You should consider becoming a lawyer.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, that could be another career down the road. Lawyer.
1: Well, thank you for the compliment. He said, yeah, I mean, people <laughs> do you think come in here, face a lawyer and win their case.
0: Yeah, that's amazing.
1: That was funny. That was really funny. The poor guy not only had to pay the $2,000, now he owed the the lawyer for a day of appearance in a court. Um, that, that could have been another $2,000. Oh,
0: my goodness. Well, as thank you for talking to me. This was really interesting. I loved having you on the podcast.
1: I love it. This has been so – I really enjoyed this, and I thank you very much, Ellen, for your, for your patience and your time. And uh, it has really been great uh, working with you. And uh, I hope that uh, the people who listen to this podcast will get a lot out of it and a lot better understanding the collections business. And hopefully some of them will also touch base with me. And if I can be of service, I would be more than delighted.
0: Yeah, and I hope it will inspire some of them to start a business, too. I, I, I think that's really interesting as well. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Today my guest was Ed Silberstein of Lex Collections. Learn more about Ed and get links to his website and all of his social media on our website, ellenbarton.com. Be sure to check that out and tune in again next week for another episode of the podcast that is designed to help your business make a dynamic upward pivot. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration. Links to our social media, and where you can access our ebooks and online classes. Ready, set, grit. Inspired actions, real results.